Hello and welcome to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. Uh, my name is Fernanda. I'm here with Dr. Linda Marcus and we do have a guest today. Very excited about him being with us today. I will let you talk a little bit more about our guest, Dr. Linda. But today's topic, and I want you to keep it in the back of your mind as Dr. Linda is doing the introduction. And I have often asked this question for myself. How would your life change if you were happier? Think about this. How would your life change if you were happier? And I want to leave you with that kind of question resonating in the back of your mind. Start thinking about it a little bit more. And Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing amazing. I'm excited about, well, you know, you know how I love Wednesdays. <laughs> you and I get to connect every week on Wednesday. So I always look forward to that. And we always get to chat with some interesting, fun guests. We have some, we always have fun. That's what I love about the show. And because we're both students and teachers, we're always learning. And I know we're going to learn a lot today. And last week, we talked a lot about joy and, you know, with our podcast or the podcast is from your health and wellness and our website and everything, you know, we're all about, you know, happiness, joy, living life full out and becoming the best version of you. And so we'd like to just bring people the tools, the, you know, no more excuses, let's just do it. So our guest today, he is an author, he's a speaker, he's a coach, and just found out he's also a papa. I, re I always like to call them papas. I don't know, there's just something, it's just a term of endearment, but he's a papa and um, I could just tell that he's an awesome papa and how much he loves his little guy. And Vernon Brown, that's his name, Vernon Brown. And, you know, we want to bring him on and, and because, you know, he's going to share about, you know, what is happiness and how does that kind of um, entail in other areas of your life? Because it really does. The way you do one thing is how you do many other things in your life. And if you're a grump, um, when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be a grump to everyone else around you and at work. So it's really about, you know, I think happiness is a choice and we'll let him share and, and talk about that and, you know, even how we can get his book and become better versions of ourselves. But when I was just kind of researching him, I mean, he's really into health and wellness as well. So that's what I really love about him as well. So let's bring him on, Mr. Happy himself, Vernon Brown. What is Hello, going Vernon. on? Hi, how are you all? <laughs> no pressure from what y'all, how you all introduced me. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What about you all? We are doing phenomenal awesome. and really grateful for you to be here in our presence and just sharing a little bit about everything that you do um, with our audience and really helping us get to maybe a, a happier state in every aspect of our lives. You know, and, and thank you for, you know, giving me the space and asking that question. I definitely want to tell you all, thank you for being here, you know, and having me because I've been doing this for eight years and everyone thought I was like bonkers for what's a happiness coach? Why do you need that? What's so important? And here we are right now in 2021. <laughs> and it's like, look front and center. So thank you all, yeah. you know, for doing what you do, giving me and many others a chance. Thank but, you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Honors. So I'm Vernon. Um, I'm a dad slightly a nerd, more more nerd than anything, but um, I'm the owner of uh, What You're Happy. And it's all about being a happiness coach. It's all about getting people to understand what happiness is. And as I mentioned earlier, I've been doing this for over eight years, going into my ninth year. 
And I'm not slowing down, obviously, because this topic is just front and center. But it's about getting people to really understand, one, what happiness is, two, how can they apply it to themselves and explore that and get curious about it. And the third thing is really applying it weekly, daily, so they can really expand and explore versus really just diminishing themselves. And, you know, it's kind of a almost a philosophical way of explaining things. But, you know, when it boils down to it, happiness is something that drives all of us, whether we acknowledge it or not. Everything that we're doing in our life is for that purpose. You know, you're always trying to accomplish something to be happy. You're always trying to go after something to make your life better. You're always going after something just for some sort of improvement. And all of it boils down to happiness. And for me, happiness is not just, you know, clap your hands, stomp your feet, but happiness is energy. <laughs> You know, yeah. clapping your hands to stomp your feet is great, but it's energy. <laughs> so is there a story behind that? There's usually a story behind the story of like how this all came into fruition. Sometimes people have this moment. I mean, I kind of just think like, gosh, this guy has this dazzling smile. He probably was just born with a big old smile on his face, you know? <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, I can definitely tell you. You know, I say this with so much modesty because you mentioned like the smile. It's, you know, what I look like is not what I've been through. Just like so many of us, right? We kind of look at a person mm -hmm. and feel like this is who they are. They've always been this way. But it took, you know, again, like so many others, yourselves included, we, we have to work hard to get here. I never used to smile for about 20 years. There are no pictures of me smiling. None. You know, I was like the shy kid. I was an awkward kid. I was overweight, you know, by, you know, by what my family used to tell me. Um, I'm one of three. And I was always called, you know, the fat, chubby, stupid one. And, mm. you know, life just wasn't very happy. And, you know, this story, mm. this story does have a happy ending. But I think when you go through life and how it affected me for 20 years, reading comic books, you know, studying science, studying, you know, so much medical jargon and information, because I grew up in, you know, a big nursing family. You know, my mom's a single mother. Um, and she just really raised us to be educated, really raised us to carry like a certain vernacular about yourself. And that goes over so well with the ladies when you're like the seventh grade and eighth grade and ninth grade, right? <laughs> so I didn't really, I really couldn't connect with so many people, which really didn't help to me not smiling. And, you know, a big thing also about me not smiling was I, I wasn't proud of my smile. You know, I felt like mm. uh, my, my smile, and I, before I used to think it was something I was so embarrassed about, but I didn't like my teeth. I just didn't like anything. So I get to that um, part of that story later. But, you know, for about 18, 19 years, I just felt awkward. I just felt like I wasn't the one, the black sheep in my family who didn't really fit in. And I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know how to get there. And, you know, one of the things I've learned is that the universe has a sense of humor. You know, I graduated when I was 18 years old, you know, high school. And the next thing you know, I'm 5'10". Well, a year and a half later, I grew up six inches over summer and I shot up to six, four. And then I put wow. on 70 pounds of good muscle, good weight, which kind of kind of showed off on like kind of muscle. I'm not bragging, but I'm just trying to tell you, 5'10 to 6'4, that means you see this much of my ankles, you know, when I'm 20 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's when life really took off for me. And it wasn't because I just kind of sat there and just through osmosis, it came to me. It was, I really went after it. I knew I didn't smile a lot. I wasn't the very talkative one. Mm. And so I figured what was the fastest way I can get to know people, but also be able to help. And I just went for the most uncomfortable thing. I was like, I'll become a bartender. So I became a bartender. It's, you know, it was just a blessing because a big thing about bartending is not about the drinks. It's not about how fast you can get the drinks or, you know, necessarily making people smile, but it's about how you can say things or, notice a person's needs without them ever really saying them. 
And mm. those years of me being really quiet and watching so much kind of like really supercharged my intuition and reading so much really supercharges so many different things. If some people, you know, even now it's not an intelligence thing, it's just access thing. Sometimes we have certain mm. places in our lives, we might not have access to certain languages, or maybe we might not have access to even know what's wrong. We just get the sense of something's off. But with bartending, yeah. that, let me tell you something. <laughs> recognizing that this guy makes me laugh, this guy knows what I want, and not just get your fries or wings or whatever drink, but it's like, man, they're like, hey, what's going on? And he asked that question again, and people really felt connected and felt, not in a manipulative way, but I really wanted to know. I didn't have any experience yeah. with the people. And, you know, I did that for, you know, many, many years. I had a great time, met some phenomenal people, and, you know, I was still working on my happy then, and I just got so curious. And I was uh, mm. called a fat, stupid, ugly one growing up. So 20, 25 years old, I'm trying to figure out, I felt still awkward. Sure, I could talk to mm. anybody and I still can, but I wanted to really push things. And so mm. somebody I really respected, you know, at the gym, because I wanted to work on myself and not only just aesthetics, which is probably number three reason, but my family's not very healthy. And that's not picking mm -hmm. anybody, fun of anybody, but genetics, you know, a big factor, you know, most of my family's, you know, very unhealthy and we leave this earth at a very young age because of that. So I wanted to, you know, take control mm -hmm. of what I could control of. And um, mm -hmm. this particular person I really respect, he told me that you should can really, really consider being an actor or model. And I'm like, no way. Uh, <laughs> that ain't burning. And um, he, he stayed on me. He, re he really did. And I would see him often at the gym and he said, you really should do it. You really should do it. And I'm like, okay. And I thought he was being mean to me, but you know, I finally relented and I said, what do I do? So he told me, take some pictures and, you know, made a few phone calls and I had to do some footwork and, you know, I sent out 16 resumes applications out to New York because I knew if I wanted to fail and not succeed at something, I wanted to make sure I failed at like a big level. So <laughs> they're going to be New York, it was going to be California, or it was going to be in Japan or something. I wanted to make sure that I went to the top and I was going to just build my way down. But I sent my resume to 16 people, um, 16 agencies, and, you know, 15 of them said no. I didn't feel defeated, not one bit, because one said, yes, that's all I need. If you give me an opportunity, I'm taking it. And, you know, I went there on a Wednesday. I came back on a Saturday or Sunday. And by, you know, that following Wednesday, again, you know, I started getting jobs. And it wasn't about, you know, the glitz and the glam or even the, the aesthetics of things. It was, well, I think that one of the most profound things that I found is, one, my mama lied to me. She told me I was special. Because if you've ever been to a casting, all right, you will go to a room and everybody will look just like you. Also, we're six four with these milk dud heads, and I'm like, this is not right, Mama. You know, definitely um, so uh, number one. But I think the second biggest thing was, you know, that, and this is for anybody at whatever respective level, when you're out there, it's not necessarily your talent, your skill, but it's going to be your personality. It really is going to set you mm -hmm. apart. You know, those yeah. other things, they go away. People don't like working with difficult people. People don't like working with people who don't have a sense of humor. And, you know, I'm sitting there smiling, you know, it's originally from Virginia. And I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? And I'm just like laughing. I'm just excited. <laughs> like, I actually made it, right? And so people, people love that positive. People get it. And I mean, I was excited. I mean, even think about it, it makes me smile even more. So um, mm -hmm. I, I had a, a pretty good run for three years and I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I was full, great experiences. Met some amazing people. I mean, it's things I will never take away from this world, never in this life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I got done being full, I could have kept pursuing things, but I didn't have that drive anymore. I'm, I'm the guy mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, I'm a nerd. 
You know, one of the things that first things I did when I started doing the whole modeling acting thing was I wanted to fix my smile. I wanted to be able to smile and not feel self-conscious. And mm -hmm. so that's what I did. I'm like, wow, I continue working on myself. And I kept not looking for what was wrong, but noticing things that stopped me from being who I wanted to be and how I saw myself, not how the world saw me. But, you know, kind of getting past that, I um, recognized that I got bit with an entrepreneurial bug. And I said that I'd recognize if you're getting a check for five or $10,000, the person who signed that check probably got a twenty or $30,000 check. And I said, this doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. So I said, I, I want to take things by, take life by, my own horn, by the horns and create what I wanted. And I got with someone mm -hmm. who's a lot smarter than me. You know, I'm big on mentors. Mm -hmm. I'm huge on mentors because they create short yeah. jobs. Mentor taught yeah. me. He said that you should consider doing this. And I said, there's no way possible. I don't even like that term life coach. That's why I'm like, don't ever say that to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a life coach. No, I don't know everything about life. That just insinuates a lot of pressure on me. Don't mean <laughs> And, you know, um, yeah, another situation, someone who pushed me and I looked into mm -hmm. it and I was 30 at the time. And he said, you know, you should do this. I said, no, I haven't lived enough life. And he said, Bernie, you live many lives already. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I said, what's a big, you know, defining, you know, feature that I've always had in my life. It was the, the happiness, the positivity, the solution focused. I don't look for problems. You can find a problem anywhere. You can look behind you. That picture's mm -hmm. look behind you. Yeah. Script, right? <laughs> oh my God, my kid won't stop crying, you know? But it's this, you know, the positive for me is I'm so happy that my child has air in his lungs to cry. I'm so happy that I got the nail in the cabinet to fix the crooked picture, you know, and that's just a big way. It's not that I don't recognize the reality. I just recognize that you can change it, you know, and I go towards mm -hmm. that. And that's how What's Your Happy was born. I oh. love you. Yeah. I love what you said earlier. Go ahead. Go ahead, Fernanda. I was going to say, I, I want to point out something that you said that it's so important and is that you really played small for a period of, in your life because of other people's opinions about you. Mm. And so if you think about that for a second, those people that were saying those things to you when you were younger and that creating that created that story in your head, they were out there living life, you know, they were out there doing their own thing. And you were here limiting yourself because of their story, because of what they said about you. And it wasn't until you released that story, until you started changing that story that you had created based on those yeah. comments, that you started really working on, on getting the real Vernon out, the real person that was living inside of you, but, at, but was scared and was hiding. Absolutely. And, and that happens to, to so many people where we take on other people saying, well, you can't do it. You know, you're not smart yeah. enough. You're not tall enough. You're not, I don't know, strong enough, whatever. Why would you even waste your time doing that? You're never going to succeed. And we take all of these comments and we internalize them. And what we realize after, after you realize actually that that's happening is like, how, why would I ever let somebody else's comments or opinions about me limit my potential, limit what I am really meant to do, what I'm here to do, right? But it's so common. It is very common. So my question to you is, once you recognized, you said that you started working on yourself, what was probably the main like one or two things that you did so you could start changing that story that you had created in your head? You know, I'm glad you really, you know, pointed that out. Um, I do want to say that all of us, 
whether people want to acknowledge this or not, maybe not even aware of it, all of us have that, am I enough in certain things? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Am I good enough with math? Everybody has that. We all universally can share that. And so for me, that's like a big awakening, right? And so when the more I started talking to people, I think that was a big thing for me, you know, because I'm not talking like, how's the weather? No, I'm talking like, you know, how are you? What's going on in your life? Not that something's wrong, but I wanted to know people. But the more I, I spent so much time up here, I mentioned I didn't talk a lot. So I'm thinking my thoughts were normal, right? Because when you hear yourself talking all the time, that is normal. But when you start talking with other people <laughs> and you start recognizing, like, I don't think they recognize how good they are. Or I don't think they recognize how well of a communicator. I don't think they recognize how much love you can feel from them. And you, you know, early on, you know, you had mentioned this and people would shy away from it, playing small, being humble, which I'm anti being humble. Don't be humble. Be bold. Forget all that. They're going to talk about you. <laughs> talk about something that's the truth. Be bold. And, you know, I think a big thing for me was I sat back and it's not that I, you know, thought I was better than anyone. One, I just recognize that people don't see you for who you are because they don't even know what you bring to the table in many cases. You know, some people are, you know, feel a way about how confident you are. Confidence scares people. You know, people will, you know, click you down for being confident. They'll say you're full of yourself, going back to what you said, yeah. Fernanda. People will say things, well, don't do that because you're going to make little Jimmy or little Sally feel a way. Those mm -hmm. things become mm -hmm. real to you. And when I started working on myself, and when I say working on myself, it was just questioning what that voice was saying. And I recognized that wasn't my voice. And it wasn't that I thought I was better, but I knew that it had to be some unique value proposition I brought to this world because why else would I be here? Mm -hmm. But it took practice and it took a lot of people pouring into me. And that's why I'm a big believer in pouring into people. The first time you hear mm -hmm. something, you don't believe it. You might hesitate, which the hesitation can lead to you being successful in many cases because you don't want to hesitate. But the first time you hear it, you're like, you question. And then you hear it again. You're like, well, maybe. And then somebody or that voice might come again. But then people keep saying it and saying it. And all of a sudden it becomes a belief. And that's what happens. You know, faith, uh, faith and belief comes from hearing, hearing, hearing. And it really mm -hmm. sticks. And I just had some amazing people who poured into me. And so I can't say I did it on my own because I don't believe in it being a self-made person. I'm not self-made. I'm uh, an amalgam of many persons who've taken the time. Um, to, to acknowledge things about me or to be able to acknowledge things about themselves that they saw in me. And uh, I, I, it's to be bold with when you hear those things, because in many cases, they're true. So how do you, I wanted to ask you this. I love what you were saying earlier about happiness is like a feeling. It's a frequency, really. That's what I would say. It's like a frequency, people. It sounds like it sounds woo-woo, but it's not. But we all give off a vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it when someone walks by and you're like, whoa. Right. <laughs> you know, or like, whoa, who was that <laughs> type of thing? So um, how do you get people to change, you know, as we're talking about mindset and thoughts, to me, our mind and what's playing in our head they're just commercials, you know? And so it's like, how, what are the commercials you're playing? Are they commercials that, like you were saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't want to, you know, sound like I know it all, or you want to come, you kind of, you want to come off humble, but you also, what you said is, you know, no, you want to be bold. And it reminds me of this, um, I think it was from Nelson Mandela and Marianne Williamson, and I'll share this a lot about, you know, when you shine, brightly you give other people permission to shine as well they can all sh shine too because we all are children of god so just because us playing small in this world does do it doesn't help 
anyone when we play to our fullest potential Absolutely. and it allows other people to play, you know, play at their fullest potential. So how do you get a person when they're, you know, they're, they come and they're like, okay, I want to work with you. I know that, you know, I have trouble smiling and nothing's working out in my life and they're just pouring all the negative. What is one thing that you do that you just damn can just like switch with them? Do you make, is it like an awareness or what do you do? You hit the word, uh, you hit it right on the head. It, it's it's the awareness. And a big thing with awareness is that voice can become absolute. And I do not speak in absolutes. I might say many, most cases, oftentimes mm. I don't speak in absolutes. This thing that's inner critic, it's not going to work out. You know what happened before. It will say that. You'll get a check. And I've seen this with persons who might have a more negative style. And they'll get, uh, let's just say the um, a medical bill comes back and they overpaid. And it'll give them $4,500 and they'll say, oh, you know, they're how much they're going to tax you on this. This is considered, you know, additional income, right? <laughs> you know, that voice is like, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh. You know, but it's, you know, the big thing for me and not making fun of anybody, but just kind of explain how that narrative plays out a, a huge, 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 huge thing. You can ask any of my clients. This is if the power is in the questions mm. it, you can't, for me, walking up to someone and say, Hey, you're amazing. If a person has a very loud boom box going on up here and subwoofers, everything decked out, surround sound, Dolby Atmos going on, they are not going to hear your little voice. I don't care how much of a presence you have saying you're amazing. But when you ask a person, you know, what is, you know, have you, what are the, the five things you notice people have said about you uh, most often? And then all of a sudden that boom box gets turned down and then they start thinking. And as they start thinking, well, they say that I have a really good sense of humor. You know, I don't see it, you know, but everyone likes to have me at jokes um, or someone might. Well, they say that I have a really strong presence or they say and you start thinking, then you kind of follow up with different questions. And there's many ways of doing this, but a big there's many questions to doing this. But the power for me isn't a question. It frees people up to think. Oftentimes we kind of go into the, 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 the sound bite. How's your day? Great. You know, when you say things like that, you're not thinking about that. But the questions free people up. And, you know, I don't tell people how to live their life. That's my practice is what's your happy, not my happy, not your mama's happy, not your daddy's happy. You're happy. And my big thing is I will ask the questions and the, the questions are tough because I will make you think they're not judgmental. But when you get people freed up to think outside of what their perceptions might be limiting to, that what you're saying about awareness, it lets people kind of explore. I'm all about being expansive and not reductionistic. You know, is there another way that you can see this? You know, if, how would, you know, how would your aunt see this? Would she agree with the position that you have right now? One of the things that I'm getting from, from listening to you, and it's also something that I have been navigating in my own journey, is that we, most of us, um, look for things to make us happy, right? And so, oh, I'll be happy when I get that job. Oh, I'll be happy when I make X amount of money. Oh, I'll be happy when I am able to lose 100 pounds or I'll be happy when the perfect relationship shows up. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of that realization. And based on what you're saying, it's it's more you are happy when you do the inner work. Yes, You are happy when you're able to see yourself in a different light, when you stop being your worst critic and when you start mm -hmm. accepting yourself and working on, on building yourself up, when you see yourself in the mirror and you see the magnificence that you are. Mm. And, the, and the beauty that you are and 
when when that happens, when you're able to shift that inner conversation from negative to positive, when you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and, and see that beauty, when you're able to look at at everything outside and see how blessed and thankful and grateful we are for just simply being here, no matter what's going on around us. And when we're able to understand that everything that happens, it's not what happens, but it's how we interpret that happen. That's when really you start seeing how the happiness, it's, it really is up to you. And it's not about getting somewhere. Mm -hmm but walking and getting in within you and being able to discover that happiness is right now within you and you only you can get it out. Right. So beautifully said, you know, it's, it's one of the questions I get often, like what is happiness? You know, how do I figure out what happy is? And this is something I will do if the audience is 40 people, 4,000 people. I'll ask people to raise their hand when I ask this question. I say, who here knows what makes them happy? Or when was the last time you had fun? And, you know, all of a sudden everybody hand shoots up, right? And they're like, oh, I know, I know, I know. And everybody becomes like this little kid. Like I'm a huge fan of believing that we're all children because everything you learn, you learn as a child that you need in life to be successful as an adult, everything. I live by that. But, you know, I ask this question, everybody hand shoots up and I'll just have the mic or have lapel and I'll say, all right, but first I need to qualify this. I got three big questions that you need to qualify this. Raise your hand if it still applies, but if it doesn't drop it, I'll say it can involve buying or spending. Credit card problems don't make you happy. Capital One, you don't want them calling you, okay? It's not a good thing to constantly get a credit limit increase. Trust me. Number two, it cannot involve food or alcohol. I love a prime rib. I love a glass of wine. But you know what happens? You'll send a text that you don't want. All of a sudden, you look at the scale and you won't be happy. And the last thing is it only can involve yourself. And just like anything, 70, 80, 90% of the room's hands will drop down. And then it'll be a few people's hand that'll be up and I'll say, hey, you, I walk out there because I'm, I'm, I love people. I love being around people's energy. I love seeing how they see the world and someone, you know, never skips a beat. Oh, I love being with my children. And of course, you know, I'm there. I'm like, I love my kid too. But guess what? That don't count. It only can involve yourself. The big thing about happy is it's it starts with you and understanding what lights you up. Your happy is going to be bizarre to many people, okay? Mm -hmm. If it ain't hurt nobody, I'm not worried about it. That's a big thing. But your happy is very unique to you. There's other people who might share that happy. And sometimes, you know, in life, we know what a happy is. We just don't want to admit it. I love growing and going to grocery stores. Everybody makes fun of me. Like, you at the grocery store again? Yes. If I travel, <laughs> when I'm traveling, especially, but you know, before things are kind of a little, you know, haywire out there. I was always go to different grocery stores. I love to cook and being in different regions, they have different ingredients. And I'm like, oh, I can make this, I can make this. That's my happy. But when you're looking for your happy, once you find it, once you start getting curious about it, all of a sudden that when stuff goes away. Oh, I'll be happy when I get that raise. Sure, you're going to get the raise. You know you are. Why? Because you're more positive. Because you have like this, this, this stronger energy. People are drawn to people who are more positive. It's not that you're being manipulative. But when you're that curious kid, like watch a kid, I watch my son sometimes and I'm like, I want to have that. I want to play with him. And I'm like looking at him. But when you're doing that, it invites more of what you want. So when doesn't happen, you know, when kind of goes away, but it's like I'm having fun doing this. Oh, that's going to come. And you stop worrying about so many things. And the happy happens right now. Sure, more money may make you happier. But we all know sometimes you don't know what you're asking for, but you ask for more. You yeah. know, so that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. I'm happy to explore if you like. But it's, it's big on finding out you, your true self is what I call it in my practice. When you connect with the true self, problems don't go away, but solutions tend to find a way to you. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. Now, you wrote a book. 
10 days to finding your happiness. So can you just kind of give me a sneak peek of day one or one day out of the 10? (laughs) Absolutely. And it's really almost practically what I just said just now. It's about exploring about what happy is, um, about what you're happy is. Because if you don't find out what you're happy is, they're going to tell you to go finance this new Yukon or go out and buy this, do this. And all that's going to do is create a lot of things that you might not want, but you're just Mm -hmm. doing just to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that works for you, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But if that's not bringing you close to happy, then we need to start exploring and get curious. And curiosity is a superpower that we forget to use once we get past nine or 10. We start Mm -hmm. expecting things versus being curious about what could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And that first chapter is really explaining the power of curiosity the power mm. of just being aware of, not that there's something wrong. I want to make sure I state that. I, I don't do the what's wrong, you know, thinking. It's about what else could there be out there for me? Or what did I used to do for fun? That lights you up. That just, it's just so reinvigorating to the true self, but also to those around you. Because you'll see a person, you know, you know again, I had the privilege of, you know, growing up, my mother and, you know, the nurse, and she was in nursing homes, you know, one point, um, nursing homes at one point in her life. I just remember you know, I would just go in there, I would play and you would see like, you know, some elderly persons and maybe they, they have a terminal condition. I didn't know any better, but they would just see how curious I was, see how interested I was just to connect with them, hear their stories. You would just see them start doing better. The health would improve. All of a sudden you put flowers mm. and they start doing better. It, it makes people awake. It wakes them up. And that first mm. chapter is really just capturing the essence of curiosity and how that can really be the the, the, the big starting block of the, the start of, uh, of you, of your happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's truly mm-hmm. being more like, like, like children. Once again, being yes. curious, not being judgmental towards ourselves or others, enjoying everything as it comes and really being happy with simply be being in, in the present, right? A kid, it's not thinking about, Am I going to be able to play with someone in two hours or am I, is somebody going to like me or not? You know, a two-year-old is thinking about the present. <laughs> is there food? Right. Are there toys? And, <laughs> and so it's really becoming more childlike. Yeah. Fun and, and really stop, stop thinking about the, the negative and just living in the present, living in the present. Yeah. It, it takes practice, though. It's one of those things, you know, you ask a two year old if they want, you know, my son despise carrots. If you asked him if he likes carrot too, he would tell you no. That's a boundary there. As an adult, we think it's rude to have boundaries. Like boundaries aren't rude. Boundaries are letting people know what will and what will not will happen. That's very a guideline. For people. <laughs> you know, take naps. There's such a big power in taking naps. I love naps. Naps are delicious. We get tired. <laughs> we get cranky. Take a nap. It's not being unproductive. It's being more productive. You know, just letting people know what's in your mind. I don't like that. Look people in the mm-hmm. eye. You know, make sure that you're you know, paying attention to what you're eating. Sure, we always want to eat Snickers and whatever else candy all day long. But guess what? That doesn't help you for nutrition here or here. But there's just mm-hmm. a, a lot of things, you know, you know, childlike in the essence of there's so many qualities there. Asking when you don't know. Children know they don't know everything. Can you help me? They have no, they will have no shame in asking you, can you help me put this 200 piece Lego set together? Trust me, I've been there. And I know you all understand what I'm talking about of just being able to, 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 not even vulnerability, but the willingness to ask for something that they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think just asking 
a lot of times we don't want to ask. We think it's a sign of weakness, not. So I, I finished reading this book and it's called Ask. It'll call the remainder of the title, but it's with um, uh, Mark Victor Hansen and his wife. And a lot of it's just about just ask, what do you have to lose? So I've been practicing that a lot. I've been asking for a lot of different things when I'm out and about. And every single time I've asked for something, I've actually gotten something. <laughs> you know, it was like, it's been positive. But I try to do it like with a smile and with, you know, I think when you walk in a place and you have an attitude or, or you're not happy, people can pick that up. But they're more willing to... Um, you know, do something for you when, you know, when you're smiling. And you know, I'm still in, in practice and a couple of days a week, I'm actually, you know, hands on with the physical part of the medicine with, with patients. And a lot of times, you know, they're going to come in and they're in pain. And I don't sometimes want to come in too happy, but I'm like, no, you know what, I can, I know that their vibrational energy, because everything is vibrational energy and frequency is going to change if I go in and just like, oh, well, that really sucks. You know, you really did it this time. You know, What kind of hope are they going to have? More like, oh, you know what? We hear this all the time. You're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. You know, and just yeah. try to encourage them. And, and I even ask, I never ask the patient how they're doing. I've always asked, what's good today? <laughs> yeah, what's absolutely. good today? Tell me something good today. That's, I don't ask, how are you? It's tell me something good today. Then they're gonna then they're gonna control the conversation, um, the energy. Well, this is happening, and it's gonna it's gonna go in a way you don't want. Right. And kind of something that we were taught in school is you never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we know the answer. We just want them to answer the question because they do know right. <laughs> whether it's good or bad. Right, Fernanda? I don't know if you learned that in nursing school, too, you know, because most of the time a patient will tell you exactly what's going on once they say it. And if they say, I don't know, I'm like, what well, if you thought you did know, what would it be? And then they start digging and what do you think? It's something you're eating? Is it the, yeah, well, it could, well, yeah, you know, I remembered that. And then, the, you know, then they yeah. start answering the question and then their whole attitude just shifts. Mm-hmm. So there's so much power in that in that style and um, your presence. And I think you do an amazing job with, you know, with your, well, with your website, your Instagram, your, just the way you show up. So thank you for, you know, bringing that here to us. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, I appreciate it. I, I love what you said about the questions. It's, and I love that you said that, you know, it's almost like an assumptive yes. You know, if someone's at the doctor, mm-hmm. are you in pain? I wouldn't be here if everything was fine. You know what I mean? I remember, um, and I finally remember this, and this happened many times. I would see a person who would come in, no matter where this is, whether it's, you know, right now as a bartender. I am not going to sit back and say, you know, um, I mean, I shouldn't say I would not. I would not ask, you know, what's your problem or what's going on or something like that. You know, if a person, because I'm a, um, I've noticed early on, like accessories, watches, necklaces, earrings, and things like that. I love watches. And, you know, a person could be going through the worst thing ever. And I'm like, what is that? Is that a Swiss timepiece? Like, oh, well, <laughs> actually it is. And then the next thing you know, they forgot all about everything, right? And I only got this when I went out, you know, Turks and Caicos. I was like, what? How'd you get that duty free? Next thing you know, we're talking. I'm like, all right, so what's going on? Well, Brian, what's <laughs> da, 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 da. the next thing you know, it's like, oh, 
I'm like, I'm just like you said, what would you eat? Mm -hmm. oh, do you think that agrees with you? <laughs> well, now that I think about it, and it's like people know. But many mm -hmm. times we're just so, you know, we, we get so bound up and rightfully so with the what's wrong thinking. And those mm -hmm. questions are very free, and especially when you do it from a place of care and concern and sincerity. People can pick up on inauthentic questions or inauthentic inauthenticity altogether. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. one of the things that you mentioned, uh, it, it's important that just by shifting the, the focus, literally, and it can happen by, hey, yeah. what's that watch that you're wearing? Or, mm -hmm. oh my God, I love your shoes. Or it can happen by asking something completely different and unrelated, right? And when, when people are down, they want to they want someone to kind of just go down in misery with them right like <laughs> what's wrong with you oh my god for real and what what happened then and and when people don't do that it kind of it's kind of like one of those um attention breakers right like okay this person is not oh but it's asking me something else and as long as you're able to shift that focus or that attention yeah. to the person that you are talking to yes then the whole energy is going to shift and it happens almost mm. immediately. It happens immediately. Yeah. So it's finding that positive uh, thing that you can focus on and you can help this person focus on. And for the people that are listening too, if you are the person that is actually going through something negative, you now know that you don't even need that someone to shift your focus. You can shift the focus yourself. So if you're going through I don't know, a divorce, if you're having through uh, going through sickness, if you're having uh, going through some financial troubles or whatever it is that you're going at, shift your focus and see, OK, what what can I get out of? How can I, you know, um, now that I'm going through financial difficulties, how can I live my dream? You know, what would it take for me? And, and like the questions that we talked about, asking the right questions, but also shifting your focus from why is it happening to me? to how can I maximize this or how can I blah, 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 right? And, and so in a positive way, asking questions and change your focus to, from something negative to positive, asking questions that are um, building you up, that are going to take you to a positive state and raising your awareness to know that the voice is talking constantly, but it doesn't mean that you are whatever it is that the voice is saying or that whatever it is that the voice is saying has to be your reality. You can always change that. It's just a defense mechanism. It's something that it's designed to keep us in our comfort zone. But it, when we're in our comfort zone, we're not necessarily happy or growing. Right. You know, I, I mean, you, you said that very well. It's, it's amazing when survival styles kick in. They're a beautiful thing because it gives us what we're expecting to have happen. Because when energy is low, something new could mean I have to manage it. When energy is low, I mean, I don't know what's expected. So if I do anything different, I don't know if I have enough energy to manage it. Mm -hmm. And so a big thing, um, and I don't, you know, I am a happiness coach. I do want to say this. Everything I talk about and coach people on ain't happy. I want to make sure I say that. I know people think, <laughs> like, oh, we're going to sit down and, you know, have tea and talk and laugh. No, it's not always like that. Like you mentioned, yeah. there's divorce, there's the financial troubles. There's bereavement. There is just, you know, loss of job. I mean, it's just life. You know, right. in a nutshell. And, you know, people, some of my clients are upper seven figures, and it doesn't mean that you're exempt from life. Okay. And I want to make sure I state that. But a big thing that can happen is, you know, for me, and again, not everything's happy. You know, I've worked with some very challenging situations because your heart feels for it. You'll see someone who's had, you know, 
life happened at a very early age before they could have any chance to really fight for themselves. And there's physical and mental mm-hmm. scars. And, you know, maybe they went to a particular helpers. I'm not quite sure. You know, in this case, I'm thinking of, but I'll see someone, you know, thinking about this individual who had some scars, you know, just from a life when they were younger and they couldn't really fight and fend for themselves. And now as an adult, they really had some trouble managing those things. Mm-hmm. And the, the focus for me isn't what's wrong or, you know, the why questions. The focus for me is how can we show this person how remarkable that they really are? Mm-hmm. And because you don't see your superpower, you don't. Your superpower often is right in front of you, but you don't see it mm-hmm. because you're too busy thinking about what happened, the why questions, or you don't want to acknowledge it because you doubt. And that's fine. Now, for me, my job is to help you unlock those superpowers. And I'm working with a particular individual. And, you know, they're talking about their scars in their body. And I'm looking, and this person, I'm like sitting there talking. I'm like, you know, Mr. Client, I'm like, I don't call that a scar. And then, of course, you know, what you're talking about, like I'm big on pattern interruption. They're like, well, what do you mean it's not a scar? And, you know, I've had the privilege of growing up. You know, I had the gift of long suffering. You know, I know what it's like to be beat with an extension cord. I know what it's like to see your mother raped. I know what it's like to see your sister raped. Mm-hmm. I've seen all that stuff. And I'm not the dismay to make, take a focus away from, you know, persons, but I've seen it. I've got the scars mm-hmm. on my body. And I'm this person, I'm like, you know, this is a scar. Like, you know, this is a marble. This is a camel. And I'm pointing at stuff. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, how do you think I got here? And then all of a sudden, the focus isn't what's wrong, what was me. I shouldn't say what was me, but mm-hmm. I can't believe this happened. It's like, how do you think you get tough skin? Like, I truly know I have tough skin. Keep going. Let's talk about this. And it's almost like a scene from like Lethal Weapon 1 or 2. I can't recall it. <laughs> and scars. And we talked for like 15 minutes about what some things have happened. And the big thing is, is when people are looking to find a way to repurpose where they've been and decide where they want to go. They're looking for hope, authentic, mm-hmm. sincere hope, not what's wrong, not pity, but to recognize that I can be better in spite of. And I always remind mm-hmm. people of the long suffering. I didn't get this mm-hmm. intuition because life was easy. I didn't get my intuition because I lack empathy. I got it because my superpowers came at an accelerated rate. Guess what? I'm here now, and now it's all about giving back. But when people get those questions that really help them and get those experiences that they can relate to, and it almost feels like they're a case study, and that their person had seen, felt, and you know, insecure, and recognized that this person really wants to help, that's when you see some amazing shifts happen. People just forget how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. And when you help people recognize how powerful they are, it's it's reinvigorating. Like, wow, I survived that. Absolutely. You know, that happened 25 years ago, and you're here right now telling me that you did that very articulate, by the way. You know, where'd you go to school? Well, I went to Brown. Wow, when'd you graduate? It took you two years. Wow, that's interesting. Walk me through that. Like, well, oh, well, I guess I never thought about it. Well, what's the average time that it takes most people to graduate? Five years, got it. Did you ever drop? Oh, you had a scholarship. Like, that, does that sound remarkable to you? Or does that sound amazing to you? And then it's like people realize that that narrative that they have might not be reflective of the, of the reality that they live in. I don't mean to be so long-winded about that. No, I I love how you know we kind of it kind of loops around in the beginning of what you what you mentioned. I think it's the quality of the questions. What are the questions that you're that you're asking? It's really it sounds like I think one one thing that people can walk away with is you know are you asking them patent questions? You know if you want to elaborate that as we close up on that, that's is that kind of the essence of kind of what we're chatting about here. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. it is. 
the questions are powerful, not why questions. I'm not the biggest fan of why questions. Why questions take you away from the solution. Mm-hmm. We could ask why the fire started. We could ask, you know, why did it get so big or we could put it out. We can ask why a little bit later. Um, you know, uh, another takeaway is figure out what drives you, what makes you happy, what lights you up that's unique mm-hmm. to you. Can involve buying or spending, can involve food or alcohol, and it only can involve yourself. And, you know, don't be afraid. Be careful being afraid to share what you're amazing at. Being amazing doesn't mean you're better than. That doesn't. That just means if you put me in a room, I can make everybody laugh. I don't care who they are, where they're from, what they're going through. And you you share that. And it's okay if people feel uncomfortable. That's okay. And be a kid. Don't be afraid to be curious. Take naps. Ask questions. Look people in the eye. Be uncomfortable. It's okay to ask for help. You're not asking to help because you're pity. You're asking, help me be stronger. I want to keep the strength that I got. What can we do? That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. That was very, very beautiful. And for all of our audience, if they want to work with you, if they want to find out more about you, if they want to uh, read your book, anything that has to do with the happy coach, how can they find you? Uh, You can find me every day, Facebook on Instagram and, you know, facebook.com, uh, what's your happy and it's happy with an I. Uh, we do not spell happy with an I in my practice and also instagram.com slash what's your happy or also the happy meal diet. Um, and my website is what's your happy.com H a P P I.com. All right. And we're putting that in the chat uh, for yeah. who is interested to reach out to you. Thank you so much for being here with us. It's been such an amazing conversation. Really, uh, I've been smiling the whole time because I actually feel your energy, feel that uh, Linda's energy, and I'm just vibrating high right now. So I'm very grateful for for you both and uh, really for a wonderful conversation. It's always a good reminder to know that happiness is within and it's it's here and it's right now. Thank you all for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. So my question now, when I'm walking into the office of the patients, I'm not going to say, hey, tell me something good. I'm like, hey, what's your happy? (laughs) (laughs) Vernon Brown told me to ask. (laughs) That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm going to have your book in all the the, um, um, rooms, office rooms. That way they can sit and read something. (laughs) So I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate having you with us. Thank you so, so that much. is it for now. And I guess we'll see everyone next week. Thank you so much and have a good day and make it a happy day. Right, Vernon? <laughs> yeah. See y'all. That'd be great. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.